Would you stand for the reading of the word? I feel very humble today, but I feel bold today. And I feel so bold that uh, somebody had a red pen, I tell you, to get it out and mark it in your calendar that today's a red letter day for somebody. And I know that sounds strong, but I just sense the power of God and the anointing of the Holy Ghost in this room. Amen. For someone or several someones in this house today. Book of Job chapter 1. Job had no idea that God had presented him to Satan and said, My servant will be faithful no matter what. And Satan said, well, take that hedge down from around him. You're protecting him. And God, it's not an ugly story, but God was showing Job's faithfulness. And God said, all right, you can have at anything. Just don't take his life. And the story says that in one day he lost all of his flocks, herds, sheep, camels, all of that, the servants. And then the, the last messenger that came said a storm Hit the house where all your children were and your children passed away. What a day. Let's notice Job's response. Job chapter 1 verse 20 and 21. Job not knowing this is this cosmic test going on. He just knows I just had the worst day a human can possibly have. The Bible says then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head, that signs of grief in that culture, and fell down on the ground and worshiped. Somebody say with me, fell down on the ground and worshiped. Think about that response when everything went catastrophically wrong. He grieved. But he fell down on the ground and worshiped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I minister today on the subject, blessing from a bad place blessing from a bad place. Amen. Could we bless him one more time before the ministry of the word? God, we honor you, Jesus. God, we worship you, Jesus. Let your word and your spirit be so activated in this room. Accomplish your will and your purpose today. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. God bless and you may be seated. The psalmist in 34 verse 1 of Psalms said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Somebody notice that. It's just so succinct. I, no question there who he's talking about. I am making a declaration what am I declaring? I'm declaring that I will bless the Lord at all times. I speak in this congregation today. 
What I preach today, I feel is a key. What I speak today, I feel is one of God's main principles. If you want to ensure that hell is never going to win, if you want to ensure that God's blessings and his flow of anointing is never going to be damned up in your life, then you make this commitment with the psalmist. I am settling it. I will bless the Lord at all. Somebody say it with me, at all times. And if I can add, without adding to the word of God and from every place, I will bless the Lord from every place I find myself. I will bless the Lord in every season of life. I will bless the Lord in every circumstance. The psalmist did not say, I will bless the Lord when I'm celebrating only. He didn't say, I will bless the Lord when it's a convenient time. The psalmist. Slow down and say it. I believe the principle of blessing God at all times and from every place is a principle that activates God's blessing. It activates God's anointing. It activates God's power in our lives. I want to speak again. Amen. Not only do I believe somebody's going to bless God from a bad place today, I think somebody's going to get a breakthrough by blessing God from a bad place. I've seen God turn bad places into good places. Amen. When you bless him, he inhabits the The psalmist also said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me at all times and with all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Somebody in this room today, make up in your mind, I'm going to bless him when the sun's shining brightly. I've, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna thank him. I'm gonna be rejoicing over the great times, but I've got it just as made up in my mind that I'm gonna bless him when the storm comes and I'm gonna bless him when the rain's falling down and I'm gonna, come on somebody, I'm gonna bless him when my life is full of laughter and my life is full of joy, but I'm also gonna bless him when life brings me pain and when when life brings me hurt, I'm not gonna shut the valve off and only bless him when I'm happy, smiley, silly. Oh, no, no, I'm making up in my mind. I'm gonna bless him when I have nothing but joy in my life, but when I seem to have nothing but pain, I am going to bless the Lord. It just opens the channels. I'm gonna bless him. By the way, I'm preaching from old fashioned paper notes called Creed Stole My iPad. <laughs> I'm gonna bless him. I gave it to him actually. Take with him on this preaching trip. I'm gonna bless him when I'm on cloud nine. 
Oh, yes, I am. I'm going to shout. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to dance a little bit. I'm going to look for the tambourine. But what about when I'm on cloud one? I don't even know. I've, I've made that up because if there's a cloud nine, there's got to be one through eight. But if I'm on cloud one or cloud minus three, he's still worthy of being blessed. I may not get the circumstances in that moment, but I'm not shutting the valve. I'm not shutting the valve off. I'm not turning the volume off. Amen. I've made up in my mind. He's my God and he's a good God. He's not a bad God. He's a good God. And I'm going to bless his name in every day. I'm going to bless his name in every season. I'm going to bless him on the mountaintop. I'm going to bless him in the valley low. I'm going to bless him when I have my understanding and things make sense. But I'm also going to bless him when nothing makes sense. He's still my God and he's still on the throne and he didn't fall off and he's still in charge and he's still able. I'm going to bless him in absolute, I'm going to bless him in obvious victories. But I'm also going to bless him in seeming defeat. Brother Greg, why do you say seeming defeat? Because when you serve the Lord, it ain't over yet. Even when it looks like it's over, God can work all things for good. So even when it looks like defeat, feels like defeat, I'm going to keep on blessing But you gotta settle it in advance. You gotta settle it in your spirit in advance of that trial, in advance of that valley, in advance of that time when you have no understanding or your life is full of pain somewhere before. You might could decide it in the middle of it, but it works a whole lot better than when before you ever get there, you said there's not going to be a day, there's not going to be a circumstance, and there's not going to be a location that stops my heart from telling God, I bless you. Settle it. The psalmist in 57 verse 7 said it this way my heart is fixed it's settled it's stabilized it's locked down and I bolted it down my heart is fixed oh God my heart is fixed I will somebody say it with me I will I will sing and give praise it's just settled that's what I am going to do. Now, I'm not gonna, you can tell, I, I don't know, I just, there's, a, there's a heavy anointing on me and I feel like an old-fashioned holler preacher. Hey, man, that's I, I, just how I feel today. So I'm not gonna take a whole long time on, on storytelling right now. But years ago, on my first ever day of deer hunting, I was, I, I was in my 20s 
never deer hunted a day in my life, assisted Brother Rick Marcelli. And during Thanksgiving week, some of those guys would go to Tinsall, public land, big lake, a couple state, state property, federal property, and they would hunt. They were big time deer hunters. They hunted for a day and a half each season. That was their deer hunt. They hunted on Friday after Thanksgiving, Saturday morning, went back home for church. And, and, and I went with them. <clears throat> they didn't have an extra climbing stand. They, they gave me a, let me borrow a gun. And I found an orange foam pillow at the camp, and I found me a dead fall tree, and that was where I deer hunted the first day I ever deer hunted. I climbed up in that tree, sat on that orange pillow, and uh, hoped to pray I didn't fall out. And it was the first time in my life I'd ever walked, you know, 45 minutes before the sun came up, climb up in a tree and still had an hour to sit. I had a lot of snacks in my backpack. They were gone by 8 o'clock. I'd never sat still that long hoping something happened. But climbing down out of my bed, deadfall, it was, I can't remember what, what gun it was, but the scope was lifted up on the brackets and it had the old-fashioned open sights and then the scope, so you could have shot either. And, and climbing down out of the tree, the gun was on a strap. I had the backpack, I had the gun, I'm climbing, and I kind of lost my balance right when I got to the ground and the gun was pointing straight up. Wasn't, wasn't you know, just me out in the woods, but, but I bumped pretty hard when I lost my balance the gun and the scope hit first on a big tree right behind me. And so then I hold the gun up, and sure enough, I look through the open sights straight. Look through the scope, it's looking some whole different direction. I'm like, man, I done messed up my scope on the first day I ever hunted. That evening, come back out, I went, I went in for an hour or two, came back out, and all of a sudden, right before dark, it just happened. And four or five does, just there they were. And so open sights, I, I love to tell the story. By the time I got to the camp, that deer was running 40 miles an hour. I was hanging upside down in the tree and I shot with one hand. I mean, I, I told that story good. But the truth is, I got me a deer on the first day I ever deer hunted, and I messed the scope up, and I got it through the open sights. And so it was, it, was, it, was, it was a fun day. But the next week, Brother Mike Revere in the church there said, Greg, come out to the house. He lived way out in the country. He said, we're going to fix that scope. And, uh, and, and, and so I remember he, he, he took the scope off, and he, I can't remember if he had new brackets or he just made sure, but, but I remember, I, I'm pretty certain he put new brackets and then put the scope, but I remember the process. You had to tighten the brackets down, and then you put the scope on the brackets, and then you, you, you began to fine-tune, and so you, you solidify. You had several different bolts and screws, and, and then by the end, you're just trying to get the aim fixed a little bit. I'm here to preach to somebody today that I'm talking about it's time to get the brackets right. It's time to get the scope right. It's time to get your vision right and say, listen here, all Britain, settle it down. Bolt the brackets down before you get in a circumstance. Amen. Fine tune the aim. All Britain, you are going to bless the Lord. Amen. Settle it down. I, I speak to somebody in this room take a few moments and say on this Sunday I'm settling the issue I'm going to get the tools out and I'm going to lock it down solid if I got to fine tune it I'm going to fine tune it some but heart you're going to bless God mind you're going to bless God amen mouth you're going to sing praises to God settle get it fixed Get it settled in your spirit. Because if you don't, 
I've lived enough years and lived enough life to see that something will come that tries to take your heart of blessing away. Something will come that tries to stop the flow of the words and the love and the honor to Almighty God. You say, Brother Greg, not me. The song says, the old song says, in everything give thanks. Ain't no mountain high enough to keep my praise from going up in everything give thanks but you know what I've seen the devil can make some pretty big mountains life can bring some pretty big mountains and I've seen a few circumstances in my life where people may have sang the song but then when life happened that mountain was big enough to keep their praise from going up I am settling the issue in my spirit there's not going to be a mountain high enough there's not going to be a valley low enough there's not going to be a circumstances big enough to stop me to stop you from stop us from blessing the name of the Lord. Here's what I'm preaching today. Let me say it maybe in a little bit different wording. Amen. Amen. Don't let any circumstance dictate what kind of worshiper you're going to be. Let me say it again. Don't let any circumstance dictate what kind of worshiper you're going to be. Amen. I want to say it one more time. Don't let any circumstance dictate dictate what kind of worshiper you're going to be. Because if you do, Brother Sandy, let me, let me just go ahead and tell you what kind of, what kind of Christian and what kind of believer you'll be. Good news. Oh, check in the mail. Got a few hundred extra dollars. Praise God. Oh, my kids stayed out till three last night. Came home messed up. Ugh. Oh, wait. I got blessed. Yeah. And you're going to spend your whole life because circumstances are going to come from every angle. Victories are going to happen. Struggles are going to happen. The doctor's going to give good reports and there's times he's going to give bad reports. The boss, the, the layoffs, you, you got it. Determine your spirit not one circumstance. Oh, I, may, I may take a body blow. It may hit. It may hurt. But circumstances are not going to dictate what kind of worshiper I'm going to be. The children of Israel in the Old Testament, they are a tremendous example of responder-only worshipers. They're a tremendous example of they, they let the circumstances control them. Amen. You say, well, Brother Greg, what are you talking about well uh, God says I'm setting you free from Egypt yeah and they go they do the sacrifice and they leave and then they look behind them and here comes Pharaoh with the chariots chasing after them and they started whining and they started moaning and they started complaining then Moses stands there God divides the waters they go through on dry ground God destroys the Egyptians they said where's our tambourines where's our tambourines and they began to they were whining 10 minutes ago but now they're looking for their tambourines and they're shouting and their shout lasted a little while until they got hungry and they got thirsty and they said y'all brought us out here in this desert to die huh just didn't want graveyard go read it they're the most whiny complaining bunch of people Then manna from heaven comes. Oh, where's the tambourines? And that's how they lived. And I'm I've decided 
I've come to understand in my belief is they acted that way because they truly didn't believe God had them and their journey. Because if you believe God's got you in your journey, then no circumstance is going to take you off of that focus. But if you believe the enemy's in control and life is in control, then it can mess with you. So, amen. Let's just So I'm not trying to make a doctrine out of it, but I believe our level of blessing the Lord is a direct reflection of our level of belief in God. That whole generation didn't make it to the promised land, God said, because of their unbelief. If I don't fully believe in him, then I'm not going to bless him. But if I believe in him, I'll bless him. Amen. I'll offer the sacrifice of praise. It's, it's a lot of times praise and blessing is easy. How many of you admit praise and blessing is easy? A lot of times. But look what Hebrews 13 verse 15 said. Let us offer. It's on the screen. Let us offer what? There's sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's not our first reaction. Sometimes it can even be difficult. But when somebody says, wait a minute, I know he's my God. I know he's brought me through too much stuff. I'm hurting right now, or I'm in a challenging spot right now. But blessed be the name. God can't resist. He can't. He can't resist it. He can't resist letting his blessings and his anointing flow. I, this, I'm putting it in my own perspective. But when God looks down and sees somebody in a tough time, that lifts him up anyway, I believe it does something to the heart of God that said, it may not be right now, but you're going to see my blessing in your life. It may not be in this moment. It may, amen, but you're going to ensure that the blessing flow does not get dammed up, that the channel of anointing will keep coming into your life. Let's look at a couple biblical examples quickly of people that must have had it made up in their mind, no matter the time or the place. He's my God, and he's worthy. David, King David, the man called after, he, he was after God's own heart. 2 Samuel 6, verse 14 and 15, the Philistines had come against Israel. They had taken the Ark of the Covenant, which was God's headquarters among them. It was a bad time. And then now, through King David, the ark is being brought back home to its proper place, and it was a journey there. But David got excited because the ark of the covenant was coming home. This is celebration praise. What did David do? You see it. He danced before the Lord with all of his might. That next statement implies he took off his king robe and he put on what the priests wore. 
He said, I want to be a worshiper today. I'm not coming as a king. I'm coming as a servant, and I'm coming as a worshiper. And so they brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting. Trumpets were playing. But now, let's move to 2 Samuel chapter 12. And I will just briefly summarize. But David had fell into adultery. child was conceived out of that circumstance. The prophet comes to David and said, you've sinned and the child's not going to live. And just prior to these verses, here's King David who was a man after God's own heart, but he let his flesh take over, made bad choices, and now there's consequences. And the, the prophet said, the child shall not live. David fasted for seven days. He, he sought God through fasting for seven days for mercy to come in that circumstance. And then the Bible says, after seven days fasting, he hadn't eaten a bite, but he sees the servants whispering and he perceived that the child was dead. And the servant said, the child is, is dead. Go to the next verse. What's his response? He sinned, he knows it. He asked God for a different, an answer but he didn't get it what did David do oh this is where somebody hear the preacher right now amen well, we can preach about David dancing when the ark was coming home but this is where we're shown he had something made up in his mind he had something settled that even if I sin it's not going to stop me and even if I don't get the answer that I wanted I'm going to repent I'm going to get right with God but he's my God and the Bible said he rose up from the earth washed anointed himself and he changed clothes and he came into the house of the Lord what did he do what did he do he was an adulterer the prophet pronounced judgment he just went on a seven day fast did not get his answer what did he do I'm going to God's house before I even go buy Chick-fil-A. He was hungry. I'm going to God. He went eight in the next verse, but he said, I'm going to God's house and I'm settling one thing. I, I actually think he already had it settled, but I'm just going to go and I'm going to show one thing. Can you imagine what that prayer meeting was like? God, I know I've sinned in your sight. I'm, I, Psalms 51 is his prayer of repentance. God, I've sinned. You've broken me. You, you, you've, you've shown, amen, that you're not pleased with me, but God, I come humbly. You didn't give the answer that I wanted. It hurt so bad, but God, I danced when we were celebrating, but I'm here to tell you today, nothing's changed. You're still my God. I'm still your child. And he worshiped. And then Job, our text, Job, a great man, honored God, just serving God with all of his heart. And then those four messengers lost everything. And I know we noticed it during our text, but I want us to notice it again. Job chapter 1, verse 20. Get with me, please, in this moment in the story. He's lost everything, but he falls to the ground and 
Amen. Brother Greg, what are you preaching? You're saying the same thing over different ways. I sure am. I'm saying settle it in your mind. I got the celebration praise. That's good. But when my husband walks out on me, when health changes, when circumstances happening, when I don't get the answer that I thought I was going to get, Brother Greg, has that ever happened to you? Yes. I've got some phenomenal miracles in my life. I've also got some things that didn't unfold the way I thought they were going to unfold. But what I found that keeps the blessing of God and the channel of God open is when I have it made up in my mind. Am I going to church next day? Oh, you better believe it. Am I going to lift my heart to the Lord? You better believe it because I settled it a long time ago. He's still my God. He's still on the throne and I'm going to bless his name no matter what circumstance. And many times when you do that, he comes right into that circumstance. Any changes. I may have shared this story before, but I share it again. My dad passed away at 46. I was 21. Been living right for a little while when my dad died. I had a six-month struggle period where we, we butted heads pretty hard, as parents understand. I was 18, and I knew everything, and he didn't know anything. God got a hold of me in my lifetime conversion in 18 it was in the middle of my 18th year and just a matter of weeks I just some people have well I can tell you where I was called to preach I don't have that story I, I just started living for God and didn't want to do anything else and started working in the church and helping in the youth and next thing you know that I got asked to preach a couple things and my pastor even asked me to preach like 15 minutes one Sunday morning, and it was awesome. My dad got to hear me preach three times. I was serving God, following God, church picnic, overheated. August the 2nd was probably 100, 100 and something, 102 degrees. Oh, dad's just out of shape. I remember a couple of the men walking him to the car. We live right down the road, and my sister drove my dad home. I didn't even take him home. He didn't even have her stay. He said, Daddy, just overheated. He said, I'm just going to go in and rest. And So she dropped him off and goes back to the park, and, and we're having a church picnic. And 10 minutes later, ambulances are flying by, first responders, and neighbors are running in the park saying, all Britain kids better get home. And, and I walk into them trying to save my dad, massive heart attack. And... um. He was gone. God, God took him, took him home. Forty, forty-six years old. I remember thinking, well, at least he lived a full life until I got in my mid-forties and realized how young that was. When you're 21, you think 46 is kind of old, you know. My dad passed on a Saturday morning, and uh, and my mom. I, get, I don't know I look back on it, 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 it just unfolded fast. He passed on a Saturday morning. His viewing was on Sunday night, and his home-going service was on Monday. It, it was just choo-choo-choo. And both the viewing and the, the home-going service was in our, our local church. And I, I can't remember where it was in the process, but somewhere... I want to think it was on Monday, but sometime before the funeral. I remember 
something just came over me and what I preached to y'all I'm not trying to make me look good it's just what happened and it's the birth of this message the principle something came over me and I just had to let God know he was still my God and I remember I looked at my friend David and I said David come with me I don't know why I just wanted a friend I guess I just didn't want to be all by myself and I said come with me and we left the church sanctuary we went through the parking lot we had a Christian school where I had attended we went behind the Christian school and and behind the Christian school was two buildings two big air conditioners and that's where we had played ball and stuff and I remember when we come around the corner behind the two buildings I said David just stay over here I got something I got to take care of and I went between those two air conditioners and began to lift my hands to the Lord. There wasn't no choir singing celebration songs. It wasn't, wasn't nobody pumping up with some great verse from the word of God. It was just a broken, hurting young man whose dad had just went into eternity. And I stood between those air conditioners and I, I began to dance. You say, Brother Greg, that doesn't make sense. You're right, it doesn't make sense. I didn't quite understand what was happening, but I remember I just began to say, God, I gotta let you know you're all I got and you're still all I got. I gotta let you know I'm hurting as bad as I've ever hurt, but you're on the throne and I bless you. My friend David came over, he said, Greg, you don't have to do that. Greg, you don't have to do that. I said, no, you don't understand I do amen and for about 10 minutes the Holy Ghost fell so strong as I worshiped and honored the Lord brother Greg do you understand that not fully but the principle came to me in that time there is not a season of my life that I'm not going to bless the Lord there is not a moment of life that I'm not going to bless the Lord there is not a season of life that he's not still on the throne friend of mine's pastor in Winfield, Louisiana. Please understand, I'm not, I'm trying to give attention to the principal, not to me. Brother Bruce and Sister Donna, after Jamie's funeral, some friends from Winfield sent a picture that they took during the, the funeral service from my bride that you all knew and loved so much. And everybody is sitting down. But whatever song or whatever was happening, I was standing with my hands raised up to the heavens. Did I get the answer that I wanted? No. Did I fast for a month and a half that God would do a miracle in her circumstance? Yes. I didn't quite get what I wanted. But God's presence is still in the story. And the little boy that's in that story just preached. God's not finished with the story. She's in eternity and in God's hands. But I'm not going to let it steal my blessing. And I'm not going to let it steal my praise and I'm not going to let it steal my walk with God and I'm not going to let it stop what God wants to do I just feel like somebody today is going to be delivered by blessing God from a bad place. I feel like somebody can be healed by blessing God from a bad place. I feel like God's going to come into somebody's bad place and turn it into a good place. Because you blessed the Lord. Ha ha. Ha ha. 
Can we just bless him for a moment? You say, Brother Greg, I'm not in a bad place right now. Just bless him. Represent all of them. I'm going to bless him at all times. I'm going to bless him from all places. I'm going to bless him from all circumstances. I'm going to bless his name. I'm blessing him today. Ah, ikayara I'm telling you, there's, there's something about to be released in this room. As we're going to bless God and that channel of anointing is going to flow. Mm. I'm just do it for a moment. Don't have to be loud. Just let something come from. This is a, a deep, pure work of God in this room. Let me share with you. I'm telling y'all, God's about to do a deep work in this room, in this place. There's going to be some breakthroughs because some people are going to bless him from wherever the place is that you're at. Let's share with you how powerful this is. A revival years ago, just up the road, not far from here. Young single preacher. But I, I must have got on similar principles because they're, they're just tied together. In everything, give thanks. It doesn't say for everything because there's some things I can't thank him for by itself. But in, y'all, you see what I'm saying? In, I will bless him at all times. Don't mean I'm blessing him for every single thing. But in that time. And I must have preached about that and the Holy Ghost came on me and I said a bold statement young minister but I remember saying at the altar time I made a bold statement and I said some of you may have had something happen years ago and it still brings pain to your life and the Holy Ghost tells me you need to back up in your mind, hit the rewind button and go back into that season and from that season, bless God. I was bold in how I said it. There was a precious lady that sat on the front row. She had baked chocolate chip cookies twice for me that week. The perfect chocolate chip cookie. Gooey, chewy a little bit of crunch on the edge, almost hang down when you hold it out, but not quite. Y'all know what I'm talking about. A worshiper. And I was younger. I could handle it then. She brought the whole, the, the Tupperware thing, about the size of a dinner. I mean, full. I mean, they were gone. I, I'm like, she brought me another, a whole nother round. Can't do that now. It's eight pounds. But that precious lady, front row worshiper, chocolate chip cookie maker supreme when I made that statement I was in the pulpit altar service was happening and I said some of you need to somebody needs to hit the rewind button and go bless God and thank God from that place and she's standing there and instead of this precious sweet saint look on her face torment coming out of her eyes 
and she grabbed my hand. It's one of the one of the strongest memories I have in ministry, one of the most beautiful miracles. But she said, I can't do it, Brother Greg. I can't do it. And I said, sis, sis. She said, he left me 26 years ago with my best friend, and it's a small town, and I've had to watch them be happy and seemingly blessed, and I've struggled every day of those 26 years. I can't stand him, and I can't do it. And under the anointing, because I was young and single, I didn't have a whole lot of wisdom, but I must have been anointed that night. But I said, sis, the Lord tells me, if you'll back up 26 years in your spirit, I can't do it. I said, he tells me, if you'll back up 26 years in your spirit, you're not thankful for anything that happened. You're not thankful for how that unfolded, but back up 26 years and get in that season and say, God, he did this to me, but you didn't. And you're a good God. And you've been faithful to me, God. And I bless your name. She said, I can't do it. I said, sis. The Holy Ghost tells me God's going to do something if you'll do it. And she said, okay, okay. I mean, she was precious, but it was torment. She was letting it, it had just been on the inside. Never would have known it except that moment revealed it. She said, okay. And I remember she walked this way, and I just kept praying with people. But I remember seeing over by the sidewall, and I don't know if it was 10 minutes, 15 minutes later, doesn't take God long. There's healing in this room. I speak it right now. There's an anointing in this room. Amen. Somebody may get healed physically in their body in this service. Somebody may be healed of an old wound in this service. Somebody's going to get a breakthrough in this next few moments. But 10 or 15 minutes later, now she's beaming. She's bouncing. She's crying. She's talking in tongues. And she said, the dam has finally broken. The dam has finally broken. The dam has finally broken. 26 years she said I didn't think it could ever be gone but I went and blessed the Lord and in 10 or 15 minutes God took 26 years of poison and hell and infection that was inside of her from the hurt and the abuse that happened in her life and my God brought a healing in that moment because she blessed him from that moment. And in my files at home, I have a three-page handwritten poem that she later gave me titled, The Dam Has Finally Broken. I speak to somebody in this room. It's not just Brother Greg preaching a sermon. Somebody's gonna bless the Lord. Amen. Somebody's gonna bless the Lord from whatever place in the journey anointing oil is going to come. Would you stand with me? Could we do it again? Just, I'm not asking you to be loud. We don't have to be jumping and running right now. Would you let something come from down inside your soul? God, I make it up in my mind. I make it up in my spirit, Jesus. I make it up in my spirit, Jesus. Those that feel to, would you lift your hands to the Lord's surrender and worship? And would you bless his name? Would you bless his name? Would you bless his name? 
It opens the channels. It makes bad places become good places. Amen. It allows the power from heaven to come into your circumstance. Hallelujah. Here's what I'd like for us to do just before we go whatever direction the Lord leads in this altar time. Would you take to the hand that one beside you and would you lift it to the heavens right now? Maybe somebody in this room, God may not be 26 years. It may be something happened last year, but you said, ah, it's still eating me up. You face loss, even as I'm preaching. I'm realizing some of you have walked through loss. Some of you walk through hurt. There's a blessing. There's a blessing in this house today. Would you let your voice, just let your voice come out a little bit in your praying right now. Let your voice come out in your praying right now. Let your voice come out in your praying right now, Lord Jesus. Brother Greg, is everything good? No, but God is good. And I'm going to bless his name. Oh, that's it. Some of you are letting that come up. I'm settling it, Brother Albritton. 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 I'm settling it. Blessing's going to come.